I'm here on the Williams College campus in uh, Northwest Massachusetts, arguably one of the most environmentally conscious uh, campuses in the United States. And I'm gonna ask some questions to uh, some of the students here. What do you know about carbon offsets? Uh, not much. I don't know anything about carbon offsets. Nothing. <laughs> Very little. Carbon offsets? What is a carbon offset? Huh. So, okay. The truth is, Williams students are not alone in not knowing about carbon offsets. So, what are carbon offsets? Why are they important? And how are they related to Williams? I talked to a couple people on campus um, to figure out the answer to this question. Carbon offsets are a tradable commodity that represents reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. That's Amy Johns, director of the Zilka Center for Environmental Initiatives at Williams. Um, they're basically something that was invented right around the time of the first big international climate agreements to give countries and individuals and companies and institutions a way of investing in projects that reduce greenhouse gas emissions but aren't necessarily local. Okay, so that seems like a win-win. Someone gets funding for a carbon-absorbing project and someone else gets to say they're carbon-neutral. So at this point, I'm thinking like, wait, so I don't have to stop driving my car or anything to stop climate change? So there's an idea of moral licensing. Well, I did one good thing, so I don't have to do other good things, right? Somebody purchases carbon offsets, then that person or college is going to feel like they have the moral right to then continue emitting rather than to do their own part on campus or in their own lives to reduce their emissions. Isn't that a little hypocritical of Williams to say, for example, well, we're willing to take up some land in a developing nation and prevent them from using that land, but we're not going to make any changes at home. There are a lot of people who are very skeptical about offsetting as a means of addressing climate change. Some of them are sort of ethical controversies. They're basically moral arguments. Um, for example, they're like medieval indulgences that the Catholic Church would give people in order to offset their sins. That's Nick Howe, Associate Professor of Environmental Studies and Chair of the Campus Environmental Advisory Committee, or SEAC, that addresses questions of campus sustainability. And actually, I should note that I did not talk to Nick Howe. My colleague David Piercy passed on some audio from an interview with him last week. You have people in many parts of the world who live in forests, who make use of those forests, who have actually, in many places, developed quite sustainable ways of living in forests. A person from the outside comes in and decides that they're going to make money through an offsetting scheme by prohibiting any further use of that forest for logging or anything else. And because of power imbalances in that country, because of political corruption, whatever, those people end up getting kicked off their land or their livelihoods are diminished. Side note, I've also heard this idea referred to as carbon colonization by Amy Johns, which basically means that the developed world is offloading its carbon burden onto the developing world. As it turns out, this hypocrisy isn't the only problem with carbon offsets.
I talked to Sarah Jacobson, an environmental economist and associate professor of economics at Williams, who categorizes the problem with carbon offsets into three bins. The first is that people don't like the idea of paying your way out of an obligation, assuming carbon offsets work in practice as they should in theory. The second bin has to do with verifiability. That one's a little more complicated. Forest monitoring is notoriously difficult. Forests are out in the middle of nowhere. Forests are large, and so it's really easy to um, cut down some trees and degrade a forest, which will reduce its ability to soak up carbon dioxide. And then you're buying these offsets that aren't really reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And it's also possible to sell a particular patch of forest like 100 times over. You buy an offset from this patch of forest. I buy an offset from the same patch of forest. If you and I double buy the same patch of forest, then we'll never know. So we have to trust the supplier that every offset is sold only once. And the third bin of controversy is something called additionality. Additionality is a technical term in economics that has to do with the idea that you pay somebody to do something. Um, you want that to actually create additional emissions reductions above and beyond what would have happened if you hadn't paid them. Interestingly, Middlebury College, another NESCAC school, recently went carbon neutral, meaning they are absorbing as much carbon dioxide as they're emitting. But part of the controversy surrounding their achievement has to do with this third bin. So Middlebury they've managed to generate their own offsets for their on-campus direct emissions by saying, we're not going to cut down the forest that we own. And that's all well and good, but that doesn't actually reduce emissions unless they had been planning to cut down the forest if it wasn't the case that they had committed to that. So we could, you know, we're not going to cut down Hopkins Forest here at Williams anytime. And so we could give ourselves a ton of credit for not cutting down that forest by saying like, oh, look, look at look at all this carbon that we're not emitting. So what should Williams do? Should they continue to buy offsets given these concerns? If I'm not mistaken, I think it's technically impossible for us to meet our 2020 goals without carbon offsets. Wait, what 2020 goals? Williams has two different goals for 2020 emissions reduction. The first one is 35% um, below 1990 levels by 2020. And then the second part of our goal is carbon neutrality at the end of 2020. And that 100% has to include um, carbon offsets. The relationship between theory and practice in the world of offsetting is an extremely complicated one. In theory, fantastic. But the devil is always in the details. Huh. Amy Johns also used the phrase the devil's in the details multiple times when talking about carbon offsets in her interview with me. And what I've found is, is that you may have people who are really ideologically opposed to offsets or really ideologically in favor of them because they love the theory or they hate the theory. Mm -hmm. And then when they actually start looking at concrete examples of them, their feelings grow more complicated no matter what, whether they continue to be an important part of, you know, say, Williams College's sustainability goals or not, that people just go into it with their eyes really wide open and with a very healthy dose of skepticism. Well, let's 
maybe step back for a second and think about some solutions. Because, as it turns out, our decision as Williams students to use our laptops or our phones or turn up the heat does have an impact when multiplied by the tens of millions of other people in the world making that same decision. Acknowledging this fact is a good first step to figuring out how to address it. Is it reducing our use voluntarily? Is it forcing everyone to reduce their use? Or just people in certain places? Is it increasing sinks of carbon dioxide through carbon offsets? Let's listen to a possible solution from Sarah Jacobson. What is the point of reducing emissions at Williams, whether it be directly, so on campus or indirectly, i.e. through carbon offsets? Williams reducing our emissions of greenhouse gases is not going to solve climate change. But the mission of Williams is to, to educate and inculcate um, students. And one of the things that I think that we can inculcate is a sense of the urgency of climate change and the things that we can do about it. Doing something that's very visible on campus actually could be beneficial in that process of making climate change more salient in students' lives so that when they graduate, they are going out there and doing things to fight climate change. So having students involved in weatherization pro projects. Now, on that same side, having students involved with studying the offset options and choosing offsets that are reasonable could also have a good effect in that way. My perspective is kind of an all of the above approach. Let's let's try all of it. <laughs> let's 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 buy some offsets and have students involved in vetting them. Let's also do some reductions on campus and let's make it I feel that right now it's quite possible for a student to go through their entire career at Williams with very little exposure to thinking about climate change. Anything we can do to make it more salient in students' lives, I think is worthwhile. <laughs>